Welcome back to episode number two of Pool Talk, released every Tuesday. With your hosts, me, Rebecca Witt, and Mike Schuff. Today we have a special guest who Mike will introduce in just a moment, and we're going to be talking to her about hydrotherapy pools and physiotherapy in water. If you want to ask us any questions on today's discussion, then please send us an email, pooltalkuk at outlook.com, or find us on Facebook. Hi, everybody. Well, we often think of a pool as somewhere to go and swim for fitness or relaxation, and probably swimming in straight lines or in lengths, don't we? But children will think about having fun, splashing about, and doing anything other than swimming in straight lines, probably. Elite swimmers concentrate on time, distance, stamina, and endurance training. It's all about those extra thousandths of a second off their PB. Well, there is another type of pool that has the most important place in some people's lives, the hydrotherapy pool. Hydrotherapy pools provide the finest form of muscle and joint exercise for people who have difficulties with these functions, post-operative, rehabilitation, special needs, etc. To discuss hydrotherapy and hydrotherapy pools today, Mike and I are privileged to be joined by Sarah Ratton, clinical specialist physiotherapist and consultant in aquatic therapy. Sarah is an accredited tutor of the ATACP, the Aquatic Therapy Association for Chartered Physiotherapists. Sarah has over 20 years clinical experience from working within the NHS, the private sector and the Ministry of Defence. Well, good morning, Sarah. So if I can ask you, first of all, please, exactly who is the ATACP? Yes, of course I will. Um, the ATACP is the Aquatic Therapy Association for Chartered Physiotherapists. They're actually a professional network of the Chartered Society of Physiotherapy. Um, the, basically, they're a non-profit organisation that provide guidance for physiotherapists that specialise in aquatic physiotherapy. Um, and we have tutors like myself and others that provide training courses. We put guidance out. We put courses, study days information out for for that purpose. Um, we obviously use information from Public Health England, Poor Water Treatment Advisory Group, the NHS, the CSP, but it's just really to have a body that can give information for physiotherapists to come to. Okay. It is and, and, and we are going to talk about um, hydrotherapy pools, other pools, uh, the benefits of, high, of, of hydrotherapy, etc. So First of all, can we get the terminology right? Should we address people who are working with people in a pool, aquatic physiotherapists or hydrotherapists or physiotherapists? Oh, well, uh, this, is, this is the age of thing. Any, you know, a pool is a hydrotherapy pool, but we no longer call ourselves hydrotherapists, mainly because um, this changed about 2007, 2008. Physiotherapy is a protected term because you need to have done your degree and qualified in the profession. So you, for you to be able to treat patients in the water, treat people at clients, students, pupils, um, you need to be a physiotherapist and then you specialize into aquatic physiotherapy. Now you can, there are people out there that are not physios that talk about being aquatic therapists, that's fine, but they shouldn't use the term physiotherapist. And we moved away from hydrotherapy because it became synonymous with things like um, colonic hydrotherapy and more wellness type things. And it's not one of the things that I was trained in. 
shall we say. And I've just had my lunch as well, so I'd rather not. <laughs> so, okay, I, 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 th I think that's important. Now, um, our listeners may or may not realise, but yourself, Sarah, you are um, quite well used to speaking at seminars worldwide on this subject. Um, so is this term aquatic physiotherapist, is this a global term or is it just a UK term? No, it's, um, it's definitely global. In fact, we were slightly behind in the UK with becoming more aquatic physiotherapy or aquatic therapy. Um, physical therapy, if you're um, on our American side of the world. Okay, we'll call but... it an aquatic physiotherapist, if I can keep saying that, if, if I can get my, my tongue no, right. Okay, so... Let's start talking about um, aquatic physiotherapy in a hydrotherapy pool. First of all, Sarah, in your view, can any pool be used to provide um, aquatic physiotherapy? It's a difficult one. If you look at um, what the Port Water Treatment Advisory Group will say, they will say a hydrotherapy pool is a warm water pool, okay, um, the ideal 34 to 35 degrees temperature, but I'll talk a little bit later about the physiological benefits of being in water, and that's 32 degrees to 35. Um, but that could be any pool, couldn't it? Um, it's purpose built for clinical use is one of the things I would say. So I think where we get the confusion is, is with um, hydrotherapy pools that we may find in like spas or hotels, okay, which have a more leisure purpose. So they're usually cooler water anyway, but and then you've got the other flip side of it where you have people that maybe have their own domestic pools um, or sp even spas or hot tubs that will advertise being able to do hydrotherapy. And I think, as you know, Mike, there's some important things that need to be met to be able to provide clinical treatment, such as your chemical levels, your microbiology testing and things like that, which we can discuss when you... Oh, just, talk, just tell us about microbiolo microbiological testing then. Well, uh, for a hydrotherapy pool versus a leisure use swimming pool, um, hydrotherapy pools should be microbiology tested weekly to comply with our guidance in the UK, whereas monthly for a leisure use pool. Okay, so that's one of the things. We need to make sure we can meet turnover periods and using coagulant and medium rate filters, which rules out an awful lot of domestic pools. Mm. Yeah, quite. Um so who would use a therapy pool, hydrotherapy pool? Well, the, the beauty is, uh, as they say, water is pretty magic. So lots of people can use a hydrotherapy pool. If you're seeing an aquatic physiotherapist for hydrotherapy, you're usually having treatment, whether it's a long-term condition or an acute injury post-surgery. But there is, there's so many benefits. But you can use hydrotherapy pools for wellness as well, for your mental health, for mobility, okay for general well-being um so there's a huge spectrum um and the physiological benefits are, are the reason that you know these pools are so well loved Do, shall i go into those benefits now would you like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i mean the benefits are twofold they're from the warmth of the water and they're from the physiological effects that you have in immersion so due to the hydrostatic pressure so what happens basically when you put yourself into warm water, you're going to shift the blood up into around your heart and your lungs. Um, that's shifted because of the hydrostatic pressure. What it will do is trigger to your brain a series of actions that um, basically 
cause different system responses. So your heart's stretched by the blood. It sends a message to your brain to say, you're, you're overloaded with fluid, let's get rid of it. And I think the classic is that everyone knows is the kidney effect, wow. okay? Increase urine output, hopefully not within the pool, okay? Once you exit the pool. Um, but there's also the effect that your heart's working harder. Your lungs have got more pressure on them and increased blood around them, so they're working harder. And this isn't with exercise, this is just stood in the water. Your nervous system has a brilliant calming effect, okay? It reduces the release of noradrenaline. And adrenaline is a great big increaser in nervous activity, your fight-flight response. So it will reduce that. So it's got a much better relaxation benefit. You increase the blood flow to the brain, and there's some really interesting research out at the moment showing it improves your cognitive function so you you can remember remember things better uh, i wish i was a good advocate a good demonstration of that but you you've got better memory better um brain function from being in the pool so there's better circulation the list goes on in terms of just being in the water not only have you got hydrostatic pressure you've got the fact that you're offloaded by buoyancy so any patient that can't manage to either perform normal everyday life function like walking standing will be offloaded in water and therefore probably can enable to do it if you're a wheelchair user the freedom that the water offers you as opposed against gravity so the benefits go from the patient that's got absolutely no muscle activity bedridden all the way through to the elite athlete that's going to train in an environment where albeit your heart and lungs are working harder your actual resting heart rate okay and lung function is is lower because um the warmth allows your blood to dissipate further so you're not actually putting a huge strain on it well Sarah, i was going to ask this question a bit later on but but you just prompted me the, the benefits are so wide-ranging. If I, as a general member of the public, was to hear about this, how would I go about receiving hydrotherapy, right? Can I go to my doctor and say, can you refer me to Sarah, please? Or, or do I just phone you up? Yeah. Where do, where do I find the nearest um, available pool that would provide me with all this? Or do I just go swimming? Well... If you can swim, I'm always going to recommend swimming because it's got a huge, you need to, the, the difference with the swimming if you're in a normal swimming pool is the cooler water. And the only difference is you still get physiological benefits, but you've got to do an activity that cardiovascular activity to keep warm yeah. with those. That's the difference. So if you're not able to keep cardiovascularly fit, then unfortunately you are going to get a bit cool and you won't, you'll, you'll get cold. It's not as pleasant. In terms of access to hydrotherapy pools, oh, it's a question that we're asked constantly. And uh, Mike, if you could see my facial expression, you'd realize that I dreaded that question. Um, there's not a record. There isn't a UK record of all the hydrotherapy pools. What my advice would be, certainly if you're injured or needed medical treatment, is yeah, speak to your GP, speak to your local NHS hospital. Might be controversial at this time of year um, with the NHS, but... Um, they will have an indication, even if they don't have a pool, where the nearest NHS pool might be. And then it is a case of being referred for treatment. Otherwise, you can ask for private practices, where there's any private practices in the area that have it. And actually, hydrotherapy pools now are in many different environments. So I've mentioned hospitals, private hospitals, NHS. I mentioned private clinics. But there's also uh, specialist schools that have 
use of hydrotherapy care homes quite often and actually um, and I'm very lucky to be involved in one of the now new things is a new built leisure facility leisure center facility that's got a purpose-built hydrotherapy pool um, so they are around in fact I'm more upset the fact that the NHS are trying to lose their hydrotherapy pools when actually there is the research out there to show such a huge benefit for them um, so you touched on it um, a little bit how how what is the effect of the warmer water in a hydrotherapy pool have on the body and on the brain as opposed to just a normal swimming pool at normal temperatures of 29 degrees well, the idea of 34 to 35 is that it's what we call thermoneutral. It's a temperature that you can be in the water without moving and you won't get hot or cold. Your core temperature won't go up or down. OK, um, by being thermoneutral, warm, instead of your blood vessels in the peripheries, you know, your arms and your legs suddenly getting a shock because of the cold water and constricting, redirecting the blood away to keep your vitals warm enough, in warm water, they don't. They dilate, they allow the blood to go to the surface because you're nice and warm, potentially even help you sweat if you need to sweat. So you've got improved circulation around the body. Now, when you jump into a normal swimming pool, initially you'll get, because you've got that increase in volume around your heart and lungs because of the hydrostatic pressure, you will get initially an increase in your heart rate effect as well because of the you know, the blood pressure um, will spike slightly just because of that cold effect and your blood vessels aren't open, they're not dilated. Um, what it means is, is that you need to keep warm. So this is why you then swim, we do your aqua aerobics or your running and whatever you're doing in the water. Because as soon as you start to increase your body temperature through exercise, then the water temperature is counteracted a little bit. And to be honest with you, it's really unpleasant when you're doing high level cardiovascular work to try and do that in a really warm hydrotherapy pool. That makes so sense. That makes sense. So um, what, would a, what would a typical hydrotherapy session entail? How long would it be? Would it last, for example? Well, it could be 10 minutes through to an hour is the average, depending on the patient. So if we're taking in someone that's got no activity, maybe even ventilated still, then you're probably going to do an introductory session, you know, a very short introductory session, dependent on the individual and their risk assessment for how much they're going to tolerate. If you're working further down the line and you're dealing with more uh, I don't know, fitness work or more uh, complex all over body head injury patients with lots of neurological problems that you're working on, then yes, you can spend a good hour with those patients in the pool. There is no minimum maximum. It's all individually risk. I mean, the classic for a treatment session, because probably more because of timetabling and things like that is your 30 minutes sessions. Oh. I work, Sarah, as you know, um, I provide a lot of the technical training, the technical operator training for a lot of pools, including um, hydrotherapy pools. And one of the areas which I find absolutely fascinating are the special needs schools, which are you know, primarily used by um, uh, children who have got all sorts of mobility and flexibility um, issues. Um, by the look on their faces when, when I'm there, I'm surprised that any of the teachers can get the kids out of the pool after they got in there. Um, what, what would you say is the greatest single benefit that children will get from a hydrotherapy pool? 
not just to play in there and have the music and the and, and, and the sound systems and, and the visuals, but from the um, the aquatic physiotherapist as well. I mean, uh, you said not just play, but actually hydrotherapy. Oh, there you go. Aquatic physiotherapy, aquatic therapy. It, it is all about play, whether it's a child, an adult. Oh. It's got to be fun. Um, I think that's really important. So the music, but what for a child, it's the sensory aspect as yeah. well. So it's the sensation. Yeah. I, I, I went to a brand new... Um, special needs school all about two months ago. And um, it was like walking into a cinema. It, 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 <laughs> it was unbelievable. But they also, had the, they also had the rain showers above the pool and, and everything, you know, but it, and, yeah. and it was terrific. And, and, that, and that was a, that, that was a, a state school. It, that, that was great. If we can just talk for a moment, please, Sarah, about the technical operation of the pool. Okay. Yeah. Um, who, whoever, is operating the pool and I know yes you know a lot of physiotherapists think that they should a lot of operators think that they should etc but there is a relationship um you mentioned the difference in temperature are there any chemical issues which affect the use of patients in a hydrotherapy pool chemical issues uh, like like chemical levels well my, all, all hydrotherapy pools should really be looking at the guidance um, Puto put out, really. Um, currently with COVID, obviously, the, the levels are slightly different, but the minimum free chlorine at the moment is 1.5 if your pH is around 7 and you're trying to keep your pH as low as possible. Certainly pre-COVID, depending on whether you're using UV or not, our levels were 1 to 2. I, there is a misnomer with hydrotherapy pools that oh my gosh, you're putting vulnerable people in, you must have really high free chlorine levels of three to five even, but it, it's, it's not true as, you, as you're aware. Um, and I think that's important not to think that these patients need really high, or especially even if they start saying about the patients that may be incontinent. Right. You know, the thing is, is as physiotherapists, we're not gonna put patients in that are at huge risk. We're gonna actually ensure that they've emptied their bladder and bowel first. And even if we do, there we're specialist swimwear. The chlorine, the free chlorine level doesn't need to be hiked up for hydrotherapy. That's interesting. Um, it, lead, it leads quite nicely on from there, doesn't it, Sarah, about um, another big issue that's been highlighted through this COVID pandemic and the various lockdowns is the cleaning protocols. Not, not just of touch points, not just of change rooms and poolside, but of equipment as well. You know, yeah, how, that, how, has that, how has that affected the physiotherapist? Oh, that was initially a, a, a nightmare um, because we have a lot of therapeutic equipment that we use, a lot of phone, the open cell phone-based equipment, which, um, uh, you know, according to the guidance, we were expected to clean for an hour submerging it between every patient um, in a 100 milligram solution of chlorine. Well, physiotherapists are not COSH trained. In fact, we're not pool plant operator trained even as aquatic physiotherapists. So there's the dealing of who handled that solution? Where did you put that solution? Okay, how much equipment do we actually need to be able to rotate the equipment through to use it? There was a lot of issues and actually a lot of physiotherapists turn around and just went for this non-foam based equipment, inflatable that we can wipe down with normal medical wipes, pool wipes that's far simpler and, and and it still begs the question and we still get 
um, inquiries saying, well, if, you know, a free chlorine of 1.5 inactivates kills the virus within 30 seconds, why is the pool water not enough? And I do point out the fact that the idea is, is not to use up your available chlorine on potentially dirty equipment. So we, we go along that line. But yes, that was that proved interesting for us. I, I, yes, I, I agree. I've seen quite a number of pools that over the last uh, six months or so have been getting rid of their traditional open cell foam trim aids into either closed cell or coated, which are easier yeah. to wipe down, easier, easier. Okay, they might cost a little bit more um, to, to buy in, but they're, they're easier to use. Yeah. And just from personal experience, you need a lot of puff to keep blowing these equipment up and down. Like <laughs> inflatable ones. Start at the start of your treatment sessions. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, one of the things I would like to highlight is the importance with the relationship with the pool plant operator and the physiotherapist, because I think that's one of the biggest differences between hydro pools and maybe a leisure use pool. To run a hydrotherapy pool, you've got not only you've got to marry your policies between the pool plant operation, which is your, you know, that's the plant operator's responsibility, but the therapy department have got to have their policy that marries up with in terms of chemical parameters Good. and your testing and more importantly what do you do if you get a positive microbiome sample what do you do if you get um you know even water chemistry levels that are out of parameter and then you've got the things like fecal contamination emergency evacuation procedures there's got to be communication it shouldn't be just someone doing a test locking the lockbook in the uh, plant room and going no you can't use it so yeah then i was going to ask you how important it is to to keep records of all of this but actually it's going to be it, you led on to it quite well because actually the record keeping will help that communication between the pool operator mm -hmm. and the physiotherapist yeah i mean we needed we need a full mdt team a multidisciplinary team with a hydrotherapy pool named therapist and it's not fair for an operator to not know anyone in the therapy department and go and who do i speak to someone named the designated aquatic physiotherapist. And then equally the cleaning team. And then in terms of records, yes, that logbook is not actually the plant operator's personal logbook. That is the hydrotherapy pool logbook. And unfortunately, therapists need to see that to know that they can get in the water. They need to see that it's been tested. Um, they need to keep the record for as long as they keep their patient notes because the classic is enough sat on a couple of medical legal cases that if a patient, there's two classic reasons for medical legal cases with hydrofoils. One is infection. People like to say it was the pool that caused the infection. Oh. And it doesn't go anywhere as soon as you go, okay, when were you in the water? You know, let's get the pool log, let's get the microbiology log, results log. If both of those are within the normal parameters, okay, then the case is going nowhere. That water was cleaner than the tap water, the shower water, the surgical water, you know. So it's there's actually a theme working through this, Sarah, because um, we've held a number of podcasts and they tend to revolve around the very, very similar issue. And the issue is what if? What if something goes wrong? Okay. And it's records and record keeping, which is usually the first port of call for any investigator. Let's have a look at all your records every time. As soon as something happens, the first thing we're going to do, we want to know if the physio is working within the scope of practice. We want yeah. to know what the policy is. 
in terms of, well, what did you do when that was a positive microbiology result come back? And so that's why it's so important that the therapy policy and the plant operation marry up. Are you both working towards the same parameters? Are you both doing the same thing in terms of if something comes back not as ideal? Right. And I think communication, it's a, it needs to be a good working relationship. Yeah. Sarah, could you let us know really uh, like a, a snapshot of, of your background in working in hydrotherapy pools and delivering aquatic physiotherapy? Yes, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I qualified for far too long ago now, but um, in 97 as a physio and for the whole 23 years, I've worked in hydrotherapy pools, leading being the point of contact. I started in the NHS, I went to private hospitals, private clinics, but I think the highlight in my career was the 10 years working for the MOD at the Defence Medical Rehab Centre, Headley Court, before it's relocated to Stamford Hall. But there, I had my dream job where I could treat every type of patient, whether it was pain management patients, whether it was spinal cord injury patients, head injury patients, your sports injury, but also amputees that have lost, you know, lost not just a limb, but potentially three limbs. So there I had such a huge breadth of treatment uses of the pool um, and we did many different techniques and just to see the freedom that these patients gained and the sense of being able to exercise again was amazing gain body control Sarah it's, thanks so much for your time quite seriously it's been brilliant um, more than we could have asked for I think certainly more, more than I expected seriously perfect thanks so much yeah. thanks so much thank you if you have any questions for myself, Mike or Sarah, then please send us an email on pulltalkuk at outlook.com or find us on Facebook and leave us a comment. Episodes are released every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. 